Hope is the belief that your future can be brighter and better than your past and that you actually have a role to play in making it better. We've said this before, that hope without a plan is just a wish. Mm. And so for hope to be accomplished, you actually have to invest in it to find the hope that you're looking for. Hello and welcome to a brand new season of the Art of Spousing podcast. We're thankful you're taking time to listen to us and we really are excited about this new season of content. It's going to be great. Along with the content that we share, which we hope you find helpful, we're going to introduce you to a bunch of great new friends and marriage influencers throughout the season. We hope you've had a great holiday season and a start to the new year. You know, our Christmas was great and we had an incredible time with our family. The start of the new year can be exciting and pivotal as we make plans, set goals, create new rhythms. And that is what we're going to focus on today. Three ways we want to encourage you to invest in your marriage this year. Yeah, we know that if you invest in the right things, you will get the reward of a healthy and strong marriage. You probably heard us teach on this biblical principle that the things you plant or sow are the things that will grow. That will preach. But before we go there, we want to make sure you know about the Marriage Reboot Retreat. This is a two-day intensive with James and I, where we focus on defining the purpose and the vision of your marriage. Listen to what Scott and Donna had to say about their reboot experience. I would say we had a good marriage, but we had some areas that we needed to improve on, specifically communication, and we had some areas with our parenting skills. One of the takeaways that we had that was so good was it gave us the next step. It equipped us to move forward in our faith walk and in our marriage. It unstuck us to move to the next point. It really helped us in our communication skills. We didn't realize that we had faulty perceptions and faulty belief systems. So once we kind of gained awareness of that and we were given the tools, it's really just impacted our marriage in such a great way. Our communication has greatly improved, not only between Donna and I, but also with our family and our friends. We are so thankful for the tools that we gained to grow deeper in our communication and our intimacy is better. And we've created sustainable habits from the guidance and the reboot that has affected our marriage. I would highly recommend the marriage reboot because it's given us hope, it's given us direction, and it's given us purpose. So if you're interested in finding out more about the marriage reboot retreat, we would love to talk to you about it. You can schedule a call with us with the link in the show notes or go online at artofspousing.com backslash coaching. Okay, James, the new year brings around new, fresh ideas, new, fresh starts. I think a lot of people probably go into a new year with hope that things will be different or things will change, whether it's in the area of fitness. Can I get a witness? I have some goals there. Finances, we have some goals there. And even in relationships, we know this. Resolutions are made. But studies show that 92% of New Year's goals fail by January 15th. We are here to bring encouragement and hope to yeah. you, listeners. It's a little discouraging. <laughs> That's right. You know, a few years ago, I read this book called Hope Rising, and it talked about the science of hope. And talking about a new year, like you said, Lisa, mm-hmm. a lot of us go into a new year with a hope that things are going to be different or things are going to improve or it's a new season. But there actually is a science of hope. I hope actually this. is made up of three things. There's a goal, something that you want to see happen, something you mm-hmm. want to see different. And the key to your goal must be that it's desirable enough to motivate you to action. It has to be something that excites you. And it has to be the focus of planned actions, which is really the second part of hope is that there's a plan or a way, a path forward to the goal. We call that way power. And then the third component is probably the most critical. You can have a goal and you can have a plan, 
But unless you have willpower or agency to accomplish、mm-hmm. it, you're never going to find the hope that you're looking for. You know, hope is the belief that your future can be brighter and better than your past, and that you actually have a role to play in making it better. We've said this before that hope without a plan is just a wish.、Mm. And so, for hope to be accomplished, you actually have to invest in it to find the hope that you're looking for. I love this concept, and it's so practical and applies to so many areas of our lives, especially as we're setting goals. I love it. So, let's talk about three investments that can create the best year of marriage for you and your spouse. We'll give You the big idea, and then a few thoughts for a goal, and then some ideas around a pathway to achieve it. Sounds awesome. Okay, so the first investment is to invest in yourself. I know it may sound a little counterintuitive when this is a marriage podcast, us saying to focus on yourself. However, healthy marriages, we always say, James, are made up of two. Healthy, strong people. That's right. And so your marriage is only as strong as you two are as individuals. And challenges in the marriage can result from a lack of awareness or growth in one spouse or the other. And dealing with one spouse or the other, the best person to begin change with is not the other spouse. Right. It's you. So that's me. So, yeah. yeah. We talk about drawing a circle around yourself and working on everyone in the circle. And that's you. You know, personal growth is inspiring and can encourage your spouse to grow as well. You know, there have been things in our relationship that I've discovered about myself, Lisa, that have helped me love you better and to get out of my own way at times in, in ways that could have really caused conflict early on in our marriage. Right, right. You have done a fantastic job of self leadership. This type of leadership requires self awareness and self management.、Right. This has been a steady journey over the last 30 years of our marriage. I think both of us have been on this. You personally, Probably in the last eight years, have really doubled down on your self leadership, and it's been beautiful to watch. You are a natural debater. Right. You have facts and data stored in that long term memory bank of yours. And so early on in marriage, our conversations could easily feel like an interrogation. Okay. Yeah. So after a few unsuccessful discussions,、right. you came into the awareness and then you managed that tone and posture and you learned to shape language for your highly sensitive at the time spouse. I'm still pretty sensitive, but broken little young wife that you said I do too, but you actually started changing that. So our conversations and dialogue started becoming less like in a tone of debate and More a discussion and a dialogue moving forward and being more productive. Yeah, that's true. And I think you've done the same thing, even in your self discovery with Enneagram and in the inner work that you've done. Dealing with just some of your childhood stuff and so forth. And that growth has actually positively impacted our marriage. Yeah, I would like to think that I understand as an Enneagram too, I'm highly sensitive and there's a superpower there, but it can get the best of me. That's right. And I've tried to grow in that and manage that better. Right. So let's talk about a few ideas that you can do to invest in yourself this year. One of the things that we do as a common practice and a lot of our friends do is that we choose a word for the year. And that word sets the tone for what we want to accomplish in our own life. Life. And actually, it's kind of the theme for how we're trying to develop ourselves and grow ourselves in the year. So I know that we, we both have been working our words. And one of the things we get to do is each year we meet with our friends for dinner or whatever, and we'll share our words and kind of what's behind those things. And that's always a positive thing to do. Is to find that one theme that you're going to focus on to grow yourself in the year. Another thing you can do is you can take some personal profile assessments. 
some self-discovery tools. And if you've been listening to The Art of Spousing for a while, you know that one of the things that we found very helpful in our relationship is the Enneagram. And there's other tools though, like DISC. One that I've recently found some great discovery about myself, especially in my work life, is The Working Genius by Table Group. You know, it actually, in your work life, that is a great discovery. But since you and I work together yeah. a lot, it actually explains a lot of possible tensions that we have in our work together. That's true. And so couples, if you're listening and you do work Work together and your paths cross. Working genius is a great way to actually understand each other and leverage each other's strengths. True. And there's others like Myers-Briggs we can go on. Then a third thing you can do to grow yourself is to set some to-do and to-be goals and to write those goals down. When we talk about to-do goals, those are things that you just want to accomplish. You want to run a marathon or whatever that is. But to-be goals are things that are going to change you as a person. And I love this thought that you want to set the kind of goals that will make something of you to achieve them. If that's growing yourself in education or fitness or whatever it is, how is it going to shape you to be a different person, which is ultimately going to impact your marriage relationship? And then a really key to growing yourself is to write those goals down. People with written goals are 50% more likely to achieve them than people who haven't written down their goals. You know, writing them down and recall those and review them is really big. So and then the, you know, with those goals and the self-development, then you as a spouse, if whatever your spouse is working on, you can come around and encourage and support each other in pursuing your individual goals and interests. This can really help to prevent resentment and foster a sense of connection and shared purpose. Yeah. So much around that, that is so rich as we're looking at individual, because individual goals and individual growth is it actually also allows for really rich dialogue and yeah. conversation throughout the year. That's not just about our problems or yeah, about the exactly. things we're facing, but we're looking at what's your word and how are we seeing it? and that kind of stuff. When you talk about supporting each other and goals, I have a few thoughts around this, yeah, James. Um, supporting each other and how to support each other is a conversation in itself. I think it's important to define what support looks like to you in that, that it doesn't become, I'm the rule keeper of your goals. I notice when you're not doing the things that support your goals, because that actually could cause some more tension. So really in the times you're defining your goals and you're writing them down and you're talking with your spouse is like, you know, one way, James, that you could really support me and this is blank or what I'm not looking for is this. I actually was I'm navigating with someone this week who has had a weight management issue pretty much all their married life. And so she was setting some goals and how her husband was supporting her and those was impacting her differently than what she was actually wanting and him being supportive. And when I asked, do you think he's really just like targeting you for your weight issues? And she was like, no, he really is trying to be supportive. I'm like, have you talked to him about how you need support, what that looks like? And she said, no. So I think we need to help define those expectations around how we want support. So and let me just say for all the guys listening, that's always a touchy place to add support for weight management. You don't want to say, hey, don't eat that. Don't put, put down that mint chocolate chip ice cream. That's probably not the best thing to do. Yeah. And even a, a nicer thing that you could possibly say that still wouldn't be good is like, I know one of your goals is X, Y, or Z. Lisa, is this supporting your goal? Now that's really nice, but still wrong. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay. So the second investment is intentional time together with your spouse, right. making your relationship a priority in the busyness of daily life. It's easy for our relationship to take back seat. 
So make sure you prioritize your relationship and have a regular set time for it, even if it means sacrificing other things. So a few thoughts around that is daily connects. We have daily connects in several different ways. Often we will, because we do work together, we may pop by each other's office. I know not everyone has the opportunity to to work with their spouse and it really is a lot of fun, but we will, when our days are busy and we don't see each other, we shoot texts. And that's, I'm thinking about you, how's your day going? That is a daily connect. Dates. We often talk about dates that you have a date night. We have found in different seasons of our married life, date nights were very hard to find. Right. And to find time for childcare and work and all the things that we have. So those always actually looked a little bit differently. We may have coffee dates during the middle of the day that we just had space with each other. Or it may be that we take a walk and we have time together, but it extended daily connect that would turn into a date. I just think don't beat yourself up about dates, but look to have them on some regular rhythm. You know, serving together is a really cool way to be together. It allows you to see your spouse in a strength area that they they have, or it just puts you outside of your environment, outside of your world, and you're active and involved in something bigger than yourself. And again, takes you out of your rhythm of your daily grime. And it's not all about you. So yeah, I love it. All about us. And then getaways. This is one of our very favorite, and we've grown in this. Um, Now we do just the two of us trips because our kids are older and we go away 10 days because right but not everybody can do that not everyone can do that and we couldn't always do that no, so we, couldn't. we used to do like a local bed and breakfast for two nights and, right. and that was great airbnbs nowadays so just some kind of getaway that says we're investing in us we're unplugging from the rhythm and the grind of our daily lives That's those right. are just a few ways to invest some intentional time together yeah and i think just remembering that it's all about intentional intimacy, that relational connect, that intimacy is more than just sex. You definitely need that time together to emotionally and relationally connect. And and so making time for that is is really, that investment of time is really important. So, right. so the recap, we talked about investment, investing in yourself first, investing intentional time with one another. And then the last investment would be to proactively, and that's a key word, proactively invest resources to intentionally grow your marriage relationship. You know, when you take a moment to think about the things in life that we proactively invest in, like we spend money all year long on hobbies, activities, house projects, beauty treatments, beauty treatments, those things we invest in for ourselves. But how much do we spend on making sure our marriage is healthy and strong? Spending money on marriage or resource on marriage is often reactive instead of proactive. And that's why that proactive is such a big word. It's like the difference between paying for a health and fitness coach compared to paying medical bills for an illness. Right. You know, many couples don't take the preventative care for their relationship seriously. And then they feel pressured to try and save it when they're uh, relationally sick or dying. We know it's important that we're proactive in investing. And some of the things we were talking about, spending time together is a, is a investment other things that we can do proactively throughout the year to invest in our relationship, right? What are some of those things, Lisa? Well, before I get into those, I just thought of this. I wonder if, because when people say, oh, I don't have the resource or the finances to invest in marriage, mm-hmm. I'm just personally picking on myself. Right. But if I were to actually tally all the money I spent at Starbucks, I, I probably could, it probably would make a dent. Right. And um, that isn't actually investing in a marriage at all. So I just think it's a, we can find resource. Some of the ways that you can financially invest in your marriage are coaching. I love to describe coaching this way. You're here and you want to get there. Right. And how do we do that? Right. 
versus counseling is like you're looking at some past challenges and you need to overcome those things. So you need to go back, process some things, heal, maybe ask for forgiveness, do some even family of origin work individually. Counseling like that is helpful. That coaching is like forward thinking, getting some practical tools around or some habits around new rhythms and new goals in life. And as marriage coaches, personally, we're super invested in the process of coaching because we know how powerful it is. But you don't have to be weird it's a couple to think about investing in a coach for some of the most sometimes you just think somebody in life some like marriage help you get past some of the hiccups or the hang-ups that are there but it is interesting on coaching especially for couples who are listening who have kids that are in sports parents will invest on. money on getting their kid to the next level in baseball or soccer here in south so florida it is ridiculous but you know it seems Absolutely. And I love what you said. You don't wait till you're, you don't have to wait till you're in crisis. You can actually get ahead of the game and be proactive and um, invest in coaching in that way of just growing in some areas. Now there's other things to do like a marriage intensive. It's a focus on an area or an intense counseling session. We've, we know about like sometimes people are in crisis and counseling for three or four months may feel like we need something a little bit more intense to almost reset us. And so marriage intensives are great. Marriage retreats. I recently met a couple on a plane that were headed to a marriage retreat that they have done for 20 years. And they have same friends that go to that. And it's just a pull away, pause, stop, just reflect and spend time focusing in on each other and growing. I love that. And then we have the marriage reboot that we often talk about and are so excited about because it is such a powerful tool and investment in your marriage. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this next week as we have the founders of the marriage reboot on the show with us. Excited. But it's really a two-day intensive. All it's focused on is coaching a couple towards their future and towards the purpose and the vision that God has for their marriage. We found it incredibly impactful for the couples we worked with. Again, it's a financial investment, but it's it's a proactive investment into your marriage this year that's going to pay dividends for you to have the best year of marriage. We know of a lot of successful people, men and women, that have conquered business and financial gains in life, but haven't been able to wrangle and have a full marriage. Right. And so again, when you're investing in something like this, you're investing in your whole life and the things that really matter in life. So right. You know, we know that you can have hope that this year will be the best year yet for your marriage. Right. But it's not just gonna happen. It's gonna take setting some goals, creating a pathway of investment, and then ultimately the willpower to work it out on a daily basis. I love this quote from Alfred Lord Tennyson, who said, hope smiles from the threshold of the years to come, whispering, it will be happier. So no matter the current state of your marriage, if you're willing to put in the daily practice and commitment, your future will be happier. That is so true. We would love to hear your thoughts and answer questions you have about what we've shared. You can email us at hello at artespousing.com or direct message us on Facebook or Instagram at artespousing. Thanks again for listening. And if you found this episode helpful, please let your friends know by sharing it with them. You can also help other people find the podcast by rating the podcast. And if you jump on and leave us a review, we would totally appreciate that. As James mentioned, next week, we'll have our good friends, Greg and Julie Gorman back on the show with us. Have a great week and we will see you next time on the Art of Spousing podcast. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.